pushing back chaos. Welcome back to another episode of Pushing Back Chaos with me, Melon, and my mate, Mike. How are you going there, Mike? Melon, great day, dude. Uh, we just, uh, for, the, for the listeners, Melon and I just spent the last hour and a half having our own little conversation <laughs> prior to, and uh, we're, we're in two really good moods, to say the least. You know, we, we always talk about how things are going in life and um, we always try to abstract the, the positives and the lessons learned, you know, about what we're going through. And, you know, it's, it's funny sometimes that some people will, will talk to Mel and her eye and just be like, you guys think you have the answers for everything or this, that, whatever. <laughs> uh, we just talked an hour and a half, how we did not <laughs> hit the mark with a lot of stuff. We'd be catching up the last couple of weeks and Mellon's very busy, lots of stuff in his life, lots of stuff in my life, things are changing. And, uh, but man, I can't help but sit here this morning, Melon, and just, I don't know, I've, I've, I haven't felt like a piece like this in a long time, and uh, mm. it, it didn't just show up. Melon and I have put in a lot of work into ourselves as men, and every title that falls under there as husband, father, friend, son, teammate um you name it and uh hopefully it's these discussions and these topics that we come up every, with every week and we get really down and in on a lot of things and are very honest very open um it's it's not about check us out look how cool we are look look, look how great we're doing or what we have um that's not real it's not realistic um we talk about real life and most of the topics are stuff that just happened to us within the last week or two and um you know, this is this is what we want it to be. We want to we want to be relatable and talk about real life, not some fantasy life or, uh, you know, just wake up and choose to be happy every day. It's it's just not realistic. It's not going to happen. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I just I I just want to you know publicly tell Melon. I just told him personally, but I don't. I I I love Melon, and he's a great man. He's been like a big brother to me. And uh, the conversations that we have on and off the air are just uh, something I you can't buy. I would never trade. And I have the utmost honor and respect for them because uh, I've been dealt crazy hands the past week alone. Um, a lot of stuff from my past um, has resurfaced with the different things and I've been able to handle them, not just my way, not just Melon's way, but my pursuit with God and who he's uh, who who he's been chipping away the at the mold for, you know, who he wants me to be. And um, it, it has just brought me peace, um, calmness, uh, strength, and so many other ways than just physical and uh Man, I'm just I'm just truly blessed and very happy this morning um sitting here having this conversation with you, Melon. And uh, mm. you know, it's um I, I really wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Just to I mean, thanks very much for the endorsement, mate. It means a lot from a man like you. The the point that um Mike and I were were sort of going over was both of us have been having a bit of a hard time professionally and just a lot of stuff going on. 
Uh, I don't know that, that I've shared on the podcast actually that I'm gearing up to move back to Australia in like three weeks. I'm going to be out of the Middle East. I'm going to be back in my city of birth with my family and all that sort of stuff is coming. We made a bit of an adjustment, a pivot, the family and a whole bunch of reasons that, that um, no doubt I'll show up on the podcast, but it's been super busy. It's been crazy, crazy, crazy busy to um, pivot and make the change and gear up to get home. And um, Mike and I were just sharing that it's like, I, th- I feel like there's a lesson that I've been really meditating and thinking on. And it's got to do with um, maintaining your integrity and doing the things that you know are the right things in the times of extreme pressure, extreme suffering. So maintaining your integrity in times of suffering without a selfish thought. And if you can, coupled with maintaining a state of, state of gratitude and joy, that leads to miracles occurring. And I've just, just had small and big breakthroughs with people and being able to flip your mentality from a state of suffering and fear into positivity and what's the opportunity in this for me? Where's the, what's the transformation, the personal transformation that's going to occur to have me deal with this um, powerfully and with joy and love and having this be a massively uplifting experience to look back on has been what I've been thinking and it's just been great. I don't know, Mike has had similar things. So anyway, it's a uh, intro. You know, it's a it's a piece that we talk about all the time, the integrity piece, and it's like you can just keep dealing with being your word with people, saying like self as word, committing to things that you know, and then delivering, doing the things you say you're going to do when you said you're going to do them, is is like step one, and then going around and clearing up the areas when you didn't do that, and looking for opportunities to go for extraordinary integrity and there's something that happens to your life when you keep doing that and i'm we're not trying to say that this is us all the time we have breakdowns but both of us have sort of been pushing hard in a hard time and we're trying to stick to our guns as much as we can and both of us are just having some amazing little breakthroughs one amazing little breakthrough i just want to do one shout out last week what a freaking amazing episode with brenda our local uh uniform member of the police force, like my brother-in-law, Andrew. Shout out to him in Melbourne. Brenda was just an extraordinary uh, episode last week of just <laughs> continual surprises for me. Four foot 11, pocket rocket, BJJ, policing from Argentina, moved to America. I mean, just an, a, the whole thing, just an, an amazing episode. And I highly re- uh, recommend people give that a lesson, uh, listen when they can. So that was 71. Uh, Brenda, our uh, law enforcement officer extraordinaire and uh just couldn't be more grateful to have someone like that come on and share with us personally and i know the audience must have gotten a lot out of it yeah she did so a really great week, job it was really unreal. cool episode yeah what, one of our unreal. highest uh downloaded episodes th- this year so far so it was really and good there you go. pass it on spread the love guys subscribe like review send it out there's some amazing stuff coming hopefully down the pipe as well so this week, Mike, do you want to uh, do a little intro into the the topic that we've been talking about this week? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Uh, so this one is is probably going to get home 
a lot and there's a lot of uh, comparisons that you can do and we're going to use a couple as examples that Melon and I were talking about this week and honestly right before we we hit the record button today um two masters you can't serve two masters okay um I have yet heard a valid point on how you can do this uh, because there's just too much um, evidence and data <laughs> to show otherwise that it, that it's not going to work. Um, no one can serve two masters, okay? And we're not talking about people necessarily. Um, we can talk about material things. One of the biggest ones we're going to talk about maybe is money, okay? Um, no one can serve two masters. And if you really think about it, either you're going to hate one and love one, or you're going to love one and, and despise the other, Right. Because whenever we serve something, usually there's different, um, there's there's two different agendas, there's two different pathways where one's going one way, one involves something else. And I mean, it's just like uh, having, you know, like a multiple relationship is like, I can only give you so much before I have to stop, pivot and give it to the other. Therefore, you're not hitting 100%. Uh, and you're not fully dedicated to one or the other. You're going to be pulled in different directions. Um, and that's like the main case is like you can't serve two masters when it comes to this. Um, and that's kind of what we're going to talk about, you know, just going throughout our life. Uh, maybe some Melon can share some different masters that he's encountered over his life. And same with me. I've already you know wrote down some in my notes and uh, we'll just talk about it, you know, and take away some of these things that maybe you have going on in your life or being then pulled in different directions and what's most important to you and, and how is it guiding you to be better at the other? Uh, you know, it's real life mm. stuff, man. It's a good conversation. So that's where we're going to go today. That's right. It's interesting. Uh, Cause we throw, we just throw the question to each other and both of us then we don't talk about it until we get together. We always have a very slightly, sometimes it's the same, but most of the time there's a, a difference in how we've read the question or how we've heard it. So for me, it was um, question being, or the, the point of contention to know and serve two masters. I was like thinking about for and against points, you know, and I was thinking about there are some areas in life where, you know, that idea of the master can be like goal or purpose. Uh, having more than one, is that possible? Having one, is that better? Is it better to have more? And so I was thinking about it, um, Mike, from a point of view of, I thought about professional stuff first and then I thought about maybe some diet and health and uh, intimate relationships and family sort of examples. Yeah. And so some of the stuff I was thinking about with um, the two masters, so points about where I would agree with it is clarity of purpose. So clarifying having one singular purpose, one singular mission that's above all, that's your over your overview. I think that sets you up for success uh, with objectives and your priorities. And certainly, you're gonna, we are familiar with that with a military background and in business. I think this is clear for professionals um, in, a, in a workspace that having clarity of purpose is a massive boost. The second one uh, that flows on from that is efficiency and effectiveness. So when you've got multiple priorities or multiple loyalties, decision-making gets slowed down and progress slows down. So the decisive action and efficient uh, pursuit of a single goal or the reduced goal in a boardroom or on the battlefield, I think there's uh, that, that 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 is an argument in support of only having one master. 
Mm. Um, risk management, so risky behaviors. Areas that can be risky might not be clear when you've got like say a financial goal and you've got a customer satisfaction or you've got a employee satisfaction or you've got all these things that are all going at the same time. It could be that the, the downside risks from some of them are going to be increased by pursuing other ones at the same time. So when, you, when you've got that one overall thing, you can really focus on what are the downside risks here. Let's minimize that. Whereas when you've got multiple, they could be at odds with each other. Yeah. And then uh, personal integrity. So when you've got the one the one goal, it's easier, I think, to have that focus in your own moral compass. And when you've got multiple, that's when you can you can be put into positions where you're like you're trying to keep uh, two purposes or two missions or two masters happy or who've got uh, a different requirement. And it, this this is a situation that a lot of people can find themselves in in the workplace. And certainly, I have seen that with um, you know, trying to satisfy a client as well as satisfy the business you work for. And it could be that you're at a cross purpose and that can put you in a position where you, you don't have the same clarity, you don't have the same integrity. So a couple of points there for me was clarity, purpose, effectiveness and efficiency, risk management and personal integrity as a, uh, this is like talking about in the workplace. Right. That was me arguing that no, Avoid having two masters. Stick with one. Yeah. What and was the other argument as well? What would be an example for you, Melon, that you've you've experienced and lived through uh, that you really found yourself like? What's a good example for you? Certainly, um, I don't really go into a lot of detail about uh, professionally out here, but being in a business delivering um, customer service, delivering training to a client. You can end up in a situation where the customer has got a different series of overall drivers than the business is providing the service. One wants, you know, they want to get everything for nothing and, the, you know, they want to pay nothing and get everything and then the business itself wants to charge everything and have to deliver nothing. Yeah. So you can end up in, if you're able to take a long enough view, you know that you can have an aligned purpose and that can be like a function of someone in a leadership position to make sure that, that long-term view of the long-term relationship, you're going to be able to have everything get around that. But if you're focusing too much on the short term and certainly the day-to-day or the week-to-week, you can really get split. Yeah. And so I've seen that as a like a leadership, a reasonably senior leadership uh, position is to uh, clarify and take a long enough view that you're then aligning on the same stuff that you really want to have high output, you want to, uh, focus on quality. You want to uh, have cost savings where you can, and all of those efficiencies. But when you're down in the weeds and you're in the day to day or in a, in a single decision, it can be mixed between and we're looking after the customer or the company. That's been my experience, Mike. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I have something similar um, professionally. And, and it comes to like leadership, right? When you're in a certain spot where it's like, hey, it's time to make decisions. You're managing some people or you're managing something and project maybe. And like you said, there is certain agendas from both sides. And, you know, one of the things that I see that's kind of common is when people get into a position of decision or leadership, um, you want to you want to please the people that work for you. Uh and be their friend mm. and be well liked because you're worried about that. Uh, 
that you might uh, have to cut out a few things on the the company side, all right, to appease them, um, or uh, you make an enemy out of your customer because you're you're following the company too much, right? And there's like this balance in there, and sometimes it's a struggle. Um, and you're trying mm -hmm. to serve two different purposes, right? Exactly what you said. There's no clarity. There's no like straight line. Maybe there isn't a straight line. Maybe you. Maybe it has to be a little uh, some bends in the road there in order to get to that 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 part where you're serving uh, the end goal, right? If it's hey, we need to train this person and get an effective driver pilot you know whatever it is that's the goal mm. okay well hey now now i know where the goal is and i can i can figure out how to get there instead of being trying to please two things at the same time it's just not going to work yes you know so yeah, I've yeah. Seen, no, it's, another it's, one i've seen can be like the individual you're training and the desire to do the right thing by them and give them all the additional training and you know you identify with them and really wanting to get them across the line versus your responsibility, which is in opposed to that, which is the gaining unit, like the frontline unit that's going to gain this trainee. You know, and you're sort of in that balanced position. And if you can, again, take the, I think it's like the 30,000 foot view of with experience and time, you can see the guys that are going to respond to the additional training and having the judgment to know what's best for the individual versus the organization. I think that's the tension that's very common in a training unit. Yeah. Mike, I'm sure you've seen lots of that as well. Sure have. Yeah. So do you want me to just flow on then with a bit of my points against? Yeah, go in ahead. In a professional setting? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so I looked at it from, from you know, sort of business and uh, military units. So diverse, diversification of skills. So when you've got multiple uh, objectives that you're trying to work towards, you can – build up a diverse skill set. Um, having also different leaders exposes you to different leadership styles. And it can be that you're coming in and out of different uh, parts of an organization or you're seeing different elements of a, a uh, industry. So you can get breadth is sort of my point there. So diverse, diversification of skills and leadership styles. The second one is resource optimization. So you might have multiple leaders and you've you've got a, a fixed set of resources and if there's tasks coming in on both and it's well if it's well scheduled and organized that same resource base can be getting tasked efficiently in pursuit of multiple goals now i've seen it done badly i've seen it where um, you know it can be overused but then there's also when you've got one maybe you've got you've got assets sitting idle in between tasks when you could be tasking them more efficiently so a resource mass maximization, flexibility and adaptability, which is a massive one I know in your community and uh, certainly in military aviation. So being able to uh, roll, swing. So, you know, I've, I've had missions where I was going out on, on a direct support overland uh, task over Iraq back during uh, heavy combat time and getting called down for a Navy task uh, while we we're transiting up. And we had the the skill set and the equipment and the mentality that we're able to drop one task immediately roll into a, a maritime task and go and get that done, hand off uh, that task to other assets as they got airborne and then return, climb back up and proceed with our over, overland tasking. So you can have a flexibility that can mm -hmm. come. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the last one, like a resilience and endurance piece. Yeah, Sometimes we... Yeah. That's you, the key. When you get into these, 
Yeah. So things that you're going to gain from having multiple masters and sometimes those tough situations, competing priorities, the individuals and the units are going to develop um, resilience and in endurance. You know, you're, you're competing, got competing demands and pressures. You're going to be, if you can deal with that effectively, you're going to be someone who can uh, withstand setbacks and persevere. So again, the four there for uh, arguing multiple masters may be a good thing is diversification of skills, resource maximization, flexibility and adaptability, and then resilience and endurance. Yeah. Do you I, have any, did you have any sort of that come up for you, Mike, in the uh, professional space, either corporate or military? Yeah. First I, line I, front? I do, but real quick, just want to touch on what you said about uh, flexibility, right? There's going to be times in life, right, when we got to flex from one thing to the other, where you're going from professional to home, home to something else, and then you're going back and forth and your energy is getting pulled in different directions. I get it. Um, do we have to do that sometimes? Yes, absolutely. But is it is it realistic to say that that is not sustainable? Yeah. If you take a paperclip and you bend it once, it's going to bend. It's fine. I can take it. Then you take it and you bend it back the other way in the same spot. Is it going to bend? Yeah. Keep bending it and bending it and bending it. What's <laughs> going to happen? That piece of metal is going to snap, right? There's too much heat. There's friction yeah. going on inside and it's going to snap, right? We're no different, okay? Um, mm. We pivot. We, we stay flexible with how we do. But any profession, any type of thing that we experience, when we constantly find ourselves without stability and we're constantly bouncing around from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. And it's like, you're, you're, you're just getting run, run and drained. You know, it's, it's exhausting. It's tiring. Right. And then you're sitting there going like, what did I just do all this work for? You know, I feel like I'm giving my energy and my time to 10 different things or even two big things. And you're just getting run down. Right. That's realistic, man. Like mm. that's an example. That's not sustainable. At some point, you're probably going to stop and be like, man, I need to figure out like what's most important and I got to make a choice and stick with it, right? Because I can't be abused like this. I can't be stretched out so much. I can't be yep. you know, bending so much trying to please both sides. Like I just can't, you know, like you're a human being, like you're not a machine, you know, it's not sustainable. So I love what Mellon said is the endurance part of it, um, but recognizing everyone's tank is is a little bit uh you know yeah it's not as full maybe or you know depending on where different you're at capacities in your life. yeah different capacities yeah. you know or it could have a high capacity and you just happen to catch me when i'm when i'm you know i'm low on fuel right now you know it, it could be yep. a thing of it but recognizing and having awareness about that is is, is key look i mainly wanted to raise points that i was thinking of on both sides I will say that um, one of the key roles of people at sort of my level and probably your level as well, Mike, you're not quite in the senior strategic, but you're in the strategy going into tactical stuff is doing your best with the task and coming in above to try and be a bit of a, a blocker and a screen and providing immediate feedback to try and get a more unified or reduced number of tar a reduced number of uh, overall purposes or reduced number of people tasking coming in and that there can be when it's done well then it goes down as a single task 
to people. You know, like I was saying, that long term, the really long term view of the uh, customer and client, customer and uh, company relationship. That ultimately, you, you can really think about things in a long view and and find clarity. Um, and when it's done badly, it's too much chopping and changing, passing down to people is absolute chaos. Did you want to uh, move on to? I was thinking about family. Yeah, well, it's kind of professional, but it's also heavily deals with families is is money, you know, and that was one of the examples we started out with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, some people put money as your master, not your family, even though you say, well, I need money in order to have a family. I need money to support them. You really break it down. It's just like, what is that money doing with you? And I I actually just heard a quote about money. And uh, it can kind of go along with with any of these examples, really. But uh, money will either master you or you will master your money. Right. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, we can go into a whole probably a whole episode just about money management and and what you're doing and what your what your purpose is with it. But, um, you know, if you're allowing professionally money to rule your life, like I have to work every day, I have to be out there, I have to make this amount of money a year or I'm a failure you know, and you're talking about comparisons or quality of life or a certain lifestyle that you like, you're probably going to make a lot of money if money is your master. Okay. You're probably going to make it. But if you're a hundred percent committed there, but you're also trying to serve your family in the same way. And we just talked about getting stretched in Mm. both ways. Which one do you think is going to suffer the money and the hard work and being gone all the time and putting in the hours or your family? right? It's it's pretty clear when you think about it. And then, I mean, look, I know lots of people with lots of money. I've, I've networked, you know, I know people in country music. I know people in the NFL. I know people all over. And some of these, some of these people are the best people at their job and their position. And they are by mm. material standards, very rich. Um, Most of them, tons of relationship issues, uh, divorced, uh, not a good home life, and they use work as a distraction. Well, I can always make more money, right? And they go back out and money runs their life. And uh, they're good people. You can see the struggle, but they don't know how else to do it. They're like, well, if I don't have money, I ain't happy. But, you know, if I don't have money, I can't wear these awesome clothes. If I don't have money, I can't go on vacations and show everybody how successful I am, you know? And it's like, ooh, mm-hmm. Like I know who your master is, you know what I mean? But you can see the levels of unhappiness in the other sections of their life. Um, And that was a big one. And to me, when I think of like money being my master, you know, like growing up and, you know, I didn't really have a lot of money after my dad died and Mm. we filed bankruptcy and my mom was working three jobs. This is support, um, you know, me at at home and trying to get me out. And, um, you know, if, if I allowed money to determine how much I can buy or have, or this is a big one for me, give me the illusion of being rich, man, am I, am I missing out on a lot more of life? And that's been when I was younger, um, having money as a master and controlling my, you know, my sense of, um, being rich, my sense of, uh, status, uh, whatever it is. Uh, really mess with me and always having to worry about that of like, oh no, well, you have to live this certain lifestyle or you're not, you're not gonna, 
you're not going to be liked. You're mm. not going to be, you know, whatever. And I was used to that because I grew up with like hand-me-down clothes or we used to go shopping at Goodwill um, or Salvation Army when I was a kid. And uh, it was very rare that I'd get to go to like Kohl's uh, department store and like get a hundred bucks to pick out a few new school clothes, right? Versus going to school and I see all these kids with just like top of the line clothes, brand new $300 Jordans, you know, all this other stuff. And I'm just like, man, like I, you know, I, I didn't grow up with that. I didn't have that, you know, handed to me or given to me or anything. Money didn't rule me then, but I'll, I'll tell you, I was a lot more happy when I wasn't worrying about money all the time, you know, mm. and now even that I'm older, of course I worry about money. I have responsibilities. I have bills. I have different stuff that I like to do. You know, of course it's important, but I will sit here and I mean, you can quote me on this. If I woke up tomorrow and I found out my bank account was completely empty and I lost everything, I'm going to be all right because I have the skills, I have the determination, I have the network, I have the friendships, I have everything I need to do to rebuild and get it back. Totally confident in that. And money does not run my life. It's not my master, you know? And that, and that with any other example that I share, you can take all these things away from me and I'm going to keep the same mentality about it uh, because we're going to get to the part mm -hmm. where I believe for me, you know, I know for me, but where I believe my master should be. And I'll share that soon, but that's my other example of professional slash family melon. That's good. Yeah, it's 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 just good to hear that the slightly different take that we both went. It's money is a big deal, right? Like getting resources in, you know, just maximum respect for the people who are out there doing that and bringing resources into their family and taking care of the things they have to do, and that is super important. And we've got to do that, living responsibly, like Mike just said paying bills and putting food on the table for little people and all of those things, taking care of our parents. But these are, these are difficult things and they're big and important things. Um, I, I like to think of those. Sometimes we talk about the three whys, asking why, why, why. Money's important. Why is it important? And I think if you ask enough times, it's going to be, for me anyway, it's to, to get money in for like independence Mm -hmm. So I'm not dependent on a government program. I don't want to be a burden on anyone, but I also want to have the, the freedom that comes from not having to rely on a government program at any stage of my life. The same thing for my children. I don't want either my children, my daughter's um, legally blind. I don't want her uh, having to rely on a government program. I feel like that's a father's position to have to um, take care of those responsibilities. Mm -hmm. But the ultimate thing I'm saying there is that for me behind the money, if I ask why a few times is freedom and responsibility and that there's thumbs up automatic, that there's, you, you can get a clarity then and then you can have the filter of that. Like you've found the thing that's actually the important part. What is it that this thing represents? What is it that's behind that? And then you can be like, right, well, I'm in service of these things now. And, and as a, we're talking about what's actually happening in our lives. Like I'm, I'm returning to Australia a little bit earlier than I've been planning. I've been thinking August, which would have been an extension of a couple of months uh, before returning home. And that decision not to stay for that, that's like less resources going to come in um, because I'll return to a regular income and pay taxes like the rest of us back in Australia mm -hmm. versus um, out here. But it's like a, 
this is actually what we're talking about right now. It's like, what, when is enough enough and what is it all for? And, you know, tightening the belt and getting, making a few wise decisions early are going to sort of have me get home and I'll be there for my family and I'll be with my family and my children and my mum and my brother and brothers and sisters and community. I'll be able to move on into that next life chapter that's waiting for me there. And so it was a, it was literally a conversation around exactly these things that we're talking about now. What is the most important thing and what is it all in order? What is it all in service of? And so when I, when I get it back to, for me, it's all around the family part, the resources are there for, the family for freedom and all these uh, other points. Mm-hmm. I'm able to make the same decision, but I think I'm what I'm really saying is here of taking the time maybe to get really clear around what my real goals are and that the resources are a part of it of finding what the pathway through to achieving the real goals that are really important to me. And um, yeah, asking why, why, why. The other one is success versus fulfillment. There's a lot of us can go out and you can get into the rat race and rushing to climb a ladder as fast as possible, but maybe you've had that ladder leaning against the wrong building. You know, you've rushed up something and you've, you're achieving success, but it might be someone else's success. It might be a societal thing or a, a family thing, but it might not be you. And so being able to, the resources are important, but what are you really, what's fulfilling to you, I think is a, a key thing. And I think another one with resources is, that if you are focusing on solving problems for people, the, the resources are going to come to you. You know, if you can solve someone's problem, either a large number of people, small problems, you know, you see these people with apps and digital stuff that's cheap and easy to distribute, but they can do it for a large number of people that a lot of resources flow to them. But it might also just be big, um, big problems for a few number of people. And it could be people with a special forces skill set or aviation or other skill sets that we talk about here that you're providing a service that's difficult and therefore you're able to uh, leverage those skills into getting uh, you know resources that are coming back in the right the right size for you to reward you mm. so that was a couple of my points there Mike I think we're sort of agreeing that money is a terrible master and that you you know can you find your way through to the reasons behind why the pursuit of it is important still yeah, no, absolutely. Um, there's a story that I think I've shared before about, you know, different parts of life and priorities and like where we're at and what we're doing and what's most, what's, what's your master, right? What's your, what's your primary goal and what are you doing it for? You know, what's your why? Mm-hmm. And there's a story about, uh, there's, there's a guy driving in an old beat up car and they're driving down the highway next to the ocean and uh, he's holding his wife's hand. He's got two kids in the back. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's an old beat up car. The The family, they got like, you know, they, they shop at Goodwill, Salvation Army. But they're driving down the road. Nice sunset going on. They're together. Music's on the, on the radio. And they're all in there singing, uh, laughing, having a good time. And as they're driving down in the oncoming lane, there's a guy in a Porsche, brand new, you know, brand new Porsche convertible. He's got a baller suit and tie on. He's got a big blinged out watch on his hand, you know, and he's driving down his hair's perfect. He's wearing aviators, you know, we'll throw that in there, Melon. And, uh, you know, just living his the best life, you know, and he's, and he's cruising down. And the first thing that the, uh, that this guy says to himself, he goes, wow, man, look at that guy. 
you know, and he's, he's having this internal uh, battle going on and be like, I wish I could be that guy. You know, look at all the nice things that he has. He's successful, but everybody loves him, you know, whatever. And he turns and looks to his wife and says, honey, I'm sorry. You know, they're all having fun, laughing, being a great family. He looks at his wife and says, honey, I'm sorry. And she goes, what, what are you talking about? And uh, he he looks at her and says, I'm sorry, I couldn't give you that. You know, and she just kind of looks at him like, I don't care about that. Like, look, like we're all happy having a great time. Like, where are you at? You know, flip the coin. This guy who had all these nice things driving his brand new Porsche is driving down the road, looks at this beat up car with this family inside of it. And he sees them laughing, smiling, his wife holding this guy's hand, having a great time driving down the highway, probably a nice family outing, right? He's there. I'm lonely as hell. I have nothing to share with all, mm. the, all these nice belongings things. And he's contemplating wrapping that brand new Porsche around the next telephone pole and ending it because he feels like a failure because he didn't have a family or kids or legacy or those intimate moments that we all want, right? And it's just a really cool story to think about, you know, because we're always comparing. We're always looking around. We're always going, man, I wish I had that. Uh, I wish things could be different. I wish I was there instead of here. And instead of just being like sitting there still and be like, man, what do I have? You know, like, look, people would be grateful for what I, I have. No matter what you have, someone's out there praying to God to like give them what you have. You know, think about that. Um, what are you allowing you to drive you in that, in that situation? Um, what's your master there? You know, to me, that's like family and money right there, right? The perfect example, perfect story of reflecting family and money, what you're doing. Um, so that, that popped in my head. Oh, I love it. I've got, it's interesting, Mike. Like we're talking about these two masters and stuff, right? This is the book that is next to my bed at the moment, which is uh, for those listening, it's Greg McKeon, Essentialism. Essentialism as like a philosophy that this guy... Greg McKeon is a big proponent of, and he defines essentialism as the disciplined pursuit of less. And he has a big, a big thing around that we've taken the word priority, which means it's a Latin word. It means the one overall goal. And we've made it into a plural and it was never a plural saying the one overall goal multiple. It's like, it, it doesn't work. And people having, you know, organizations eight and 10 and 15 and 20 and, you know, some of these UN ones that have like 100 number one priorities and you're like, all you're doing is guaranteeing you're not going to achieve any of them. And so <laughs> I've sort of given a few points, a few points for and against, but actually I really, I really subscribe to this idea of having a single master trying to clarify that overall number one mission or purpose that then you can have multiple avenues coming out of that that you're, you're pursuing in different areas in your life, but you're really clear around the the, the top, the top one. Um, and he he does stuff like he writes family mission statements, you know. And it's it, there's a lot of clarity that can flow, and then give you a context to make decisions on all sorts of stuff that comes up. So one of the key things, the key ideas inside this book, essentialism, is you have to say no to things. There is no doing everything, and being able to focus down onto the the actual critical essential stuff is going to have 
outsized results in terms of your effectiveness, but you're going to have to be able to say no to people and being able to say no with an open heart and a smile on your face and, you know, get good at doing it, that you're not um, not being rude or whatever, you're not getting people offside. Yeah. But that you you recognise that you yourself are a finite, limited human. You don't have uh, unlimited time per day. You don't have unlimited energy like Mike was talking about just earlier, the tank, the capacity tank being running low on fuel. That narrowing your focus and cutting away the extraneous stuff can give you a lot more uh, depth or impact you're going to be able to generate in the in the same amount of time when you get really clear. And by getting clear, you have to get out the printing scissors and you have to cut off these mm-hmm. other options and reduce your you know scope so that you can get that depth. And and this is actually the stuff that's really important. I mean, this is actually how I feel about stuff. I really am like clarify down like commander's intent. Yeah. You know, don't give fifty pages of orders with like without having the actual goal. The goal, the overall goal, should be like a single sentence, right? For, for like military or corporate or family or physical fitness or finance, whatever the area is. I think you should be able to sum it up in one sentence. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I like that essentialism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a. Uh... That, that, that's a great example, man. And like you said, the commander's intent, you know, we hear that one all the time. It's just like, okay, you can tell me we need to do 50 different things, but what do you want at the end of this? What's yes. the, what's the end state? Just give me the end state and I'll start figuring it out. You know, I'll, I can, we can bounce ideas off each other, but I need to know exactly what you want in the end. Don't be vague, be specific as possible with the end state. Let me know. And then from there we'll work backwards probably and try to figure out what's essential and what's not right because maybe we have limited resources limited time you know limited people whatever it is and we're going to work backwards and figure out what's essential and put us like melon said on that straight line as much as possible and there's not sometimes there's not much room for other things right things happen crisis happens uh, emergencies happen you name it uh, and things need to happen that way. But um, yeah, always remembering your why or your intent, like the end state, That, that yes. that's key. That's absolutely key. Um, that's um, that commander's intent. I remember reading about uh, World War II, really big example of the, the top level German field marshals order that went out. So the Germans, when they were like, they'd gone through Poland and they realized now they've got to go and they're going to try and get, whole of Europe all the way to, to the English Channel. And it was literally get yourselves to the English Channel by any means necessary as fast as possible. And that was the, the top line of the orders. These This led then to the Germans doing stuff like commandeering trains or carts or vehicles, horses, all sorts of stuff. And all the way down to like, you know, sergeants were able to make decisions for their, their platoon super rapidly because they knew the overall intent. And so there was this, it's, an, it's an, a really good thing to study. And I'm sure there's plenty of our listeners who have studied this, the blitzkrieg and the speed of movement that they had because of this clarity, single focus, this is the number one task we have. And it's mm-hmm. to get all the way to, to get that occupation all the way to the coastline. And it's not like we're saying that the, we agree with um, clearly what the Germans are doing in World War II, we're fighting against them. But this is an example of real clarity, of the commander's intent, that then allows 
all of the decision-making to be made because they know what the overall objective is. They're not having to sift through 100, 200, 300 pages of orders to be like, oh, what should we be doing here? Should we get in this bridge or should we be getting on a boat? It's like, no, 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 get some guys on the bridge, get some guys on the boat, let's keep going. Yeah, yeah. Well, fun fact, I believe, uh, I don't know where this is referenced, but I remember hearing it through many training courses. The U.S. Marine Corps actually modeled their style of leadership mm. after that uh, example it of did. World War II in Germany and stuff. So, uh, you know, we're not supporting the the Nazi cause or the Blitzkrieg or anything like that. But uh, it's just... You can learn from your point. enemies, though. Yeah, exactly. So. It's called out, 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 Trags tactic, which is commander's intent. And, and it was a, a famous thing. We've talked about this before. The Marines got their maneuver warfare out of that philosophy. The British Army... Uh, have tried to do it they did they had a whole series of reviews and assessments and it was like they had a huge amount of red tape not like we're going to deliberately try and model ourselves on like what the germans did in the 30s leading to their early successes in world war ii in the in the early 40s mm-hmm. and they found actually when they did this assessment like after five years they put in more layers of bureaucracy there was more micromanagement from the the senior generals all the way down and it's just a thing that we've all got to fight but the people at the top have got to be able to give the commanders intent with absolute clarity and provide excellent training and then provision of resources and then effectively step back and wait for the results. Yep. So there needs a lot of trust from the people at the top and it's difficult to get to that point. Which is not happening today, but that will be for a whole other episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff. Highly recommend this book to anyone who's interested in looking for something to read. Essentialism by Greg McCann. He's also uh, he does uh, interviews and stuff as well. It's quite a good talker. Awesome, that's a great example, Melon. Um, so when we're talking about masters, right? And and this is where I truly like to practice and, and believe. And um, this is like a a commitment that happens uh, every day that that I wake up. And a lot of these examples that we talked about of money, uh, image, reputation, status, women or men or relationships, like whatever, um, can all really influence uh, what we're doing in our life and how and who we are and how we turn out as people uh, or, you know, whatever we're doing. And something I really um, (laughs) I really believe in is my personal journey with my faith and following God and his principles and what's been written in scripture and the Bible and all these things that I've been actively taking the time to learn about. Um, I can really say because I put God first, meaning I put the values, the lessons, the character, um, you know, and we're talking big things about understanding forgiveness, patience, true love and what love means, friendship, companionship, selflessness. Um, You know, I can keep going down the list, truly understanding that. And when I have tough things in my life happening that I can pause and say, what does he want me to do from scripture, from these examples, from these lessons? What does he want me to do? Because he's showing me who to be. That will go into me, into my soul, into my heart, put it into action in my daily life and opportunities that I have. And it's going to radiate from me and go into everything else. 
not the other way around, right? So because I put God first in my life, it makes me a better friend. It makes me a better teammate. Mm. It makes me a better son. You know, being a better son doesn't make my relationship better with God. Like it, it doesn't make sense. Um, I, I completely let go of my understanding, my worldly 36 years on earth that I think I know everything, that I have the answers for everything, that I have uh, solutions for everything, that I know how to handle everything is completely wrong. Uh, when I was younger, I did believe that because certain people in my life told me that I could. Probably some of the worst advice I ever got because I failed multiple, multiple times and fell on my face. That's why I look like the, the way I look now, Melon. I know it's not attractive, but it's because I failed <laughs> on my face. Okay. And it was a long fall. But, uh, you know, the point is whether you believe in God or not, um, I believe when you put good, honest, and tried values and things that are going to build your character. And like we talked about integrity mm -hmm. and things like that. If you put your, if you put that towards the front, the rest is going to take care of itself. Mm. Right. And you're not going to have the stress of worrying, you know, am I good enough for this person? Am I good enough for this job? Um, I, you know, do, where are you putting the work at? Like, is your master, are you your master in a sense of like following your beliefs or God to become the best version of yourself? Because you should be focusing there. You're not just going to wake up and be like, oh, yeah, hey, I hope this person likes me. Hey, I hope this company really wants me. Hey, you should give me a million dollars because I woke up today. You know, and that's a society we're kind of in. Like, we don't want to put in the work, but we want the result. Mm. Um, you're, <laughs> and then you keep finding yourself failing. Are you surprised? Are you really surprised? Um, I just truly believe, man, like when you're putting in the honest to God work about the real stuff that matters inside, like. You know where your heart lies, where your soul lies, your your uh, your character, what you value in life, what you truly care about, your passion, um, all those people notice it. You know, mm -hmm. and uh, I've been blessed enough, man, just in the last couple months, really, of being approached and people coming to me, offering me um, opportunities that I never thought that I would get, and. Of course, when you're given a cool opportunity, it's an uplifting thing. I'd be like, wow, that's really nice. But also, too, is just like, why did you, why me? You kind of want to know, like, why, why do I deserve this? And you get the feedback of, well, this is who you are, and I know who you are. You know, you're not mastered by mm. money. You're not a, you're not a selfish person. You're not this. I see you doing the actions and the stuff every day. And that's such a good feeling because, dude, I mean, like I said at the beginning of this episode, I love Melon with the amount of effort this guy puts in every single day for himself um, because he holds himself to high standards because his character and his values are very high. Um, but look at the guy he is. Look how his family and his children love him. Look at his friends. Look at his, like, all his circle around he is who he is because of the work that he puts into his values and his character. Um, he has motivated me to, to seek that myself. Um, and, you know, I'm not perfect. I never will be. Uh, but, man, I know where the effort's going. And the rest is just kind of happening. 
I've already admitted, man, 2024 has been uh, crazy with the amount of change and different things that have been happening in my life. Um, and it mm -hmm. wasn't coming from chasing another master, um, which I have done before. Um, I, I chased money. I've chased women. I've chased an image or a reputation I, I wanted so badly. They all led me down a path that I didn't want to go. Um, mm. I failed at that. Man, ever since really November and I gave all that up, I stopped chasing and I started investing in the right thing. Again, this is just my story. Giving myself to God and letting him take the lead and showing me what real character and values are um, and where my where my focus should be. My job has gotten better. Uh, my family's mm. gotten better. My friendships, relationships, everything has gotten better. Um, I'm at peace. I know who I am. I feel confident. I mean, I'm not making this shit up. <laughs> I mean, I have yeah. hard, hard data. Proof. Like I'm, 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 I've been Mike's mate now. We're heading towards, it's crazy, we're heading towards four years of having these conversations pretty much weekly. <clears throat> and it's it's really true. And what he's been doing, he's been <clears throat> he's been doing the push-ups, that old analogy we keep saying, you can't get someone else to do push-ups for you. I think it's easy to see these things around having the one master or the the essential goal and then figuring out a system and and just banging away at it. And you're in the gym and you're like, man, I went to the gym today. Now I'm expected to be heap stronger or fitter or faster or whatever it is. It's like, dude, you've done it once. You know, what are you expecting? Yeah. You do it twice and you're like, there's basically no discernible change. Maybe, maybe you feel worse because you haven't done it for a while. But then if you've been doing it and you trust the system and you're like, I'm just going to do this with integrity. I'm going to commit to it. I'm going to deliver on my word and you do it for a hundred days. There's a serious return you're going to see in a hundred days. And that we're not talking years and years and years and playing this integrity game and cleaning up your messes and clarifying your goals and your mission and your purpose in these areas, different areas in life. They, they have you generate results. And I've been watching Mike. Like, he's blown his knee out. There's just been, from that point on, he really focused and got on and just the positivity and the mentality that he displayed after blowing a knee out and basically, you know, having a major, major circuit breaker in what's very similar to a professional sporting career, a person who's super active, in his professional role in the SF. And to see the integrity that is displayed uh, and just the ability to accept the cards he's got, to choose them, and then to get on and get back into action, taking the steps that are needed to move forward and address that. I'm now just seeing all of these returns starting to come to him. And it's quite an extraordinary thing to see the momentum he's had. And we're talking in all areas, professional, family, intimate relationships, the whole thing. And it is a very motivating thing to see someone who has been just not seeing the return, you know. They've been in the gym for a couple of weeks. They're not really seeing anything. And then all of a sudden, it's like, wow, look at this trajectory. Look at this shift that's happened. Look at these compounding returns. You start to get that, you know, incline and the, the rate of change. So I just really... 
I just want to say that watching this stuff being applied in life, in action, in a real person's life, we're not talking about a character in a book or whatever, yeah, it's, it's not easy, uh, has been a very motivating thing to watch. And um, Mike is manifesting uh, um, exactly all the things that he's wanted in his life are, are actually occurring due to the efforts he's putting in. It's not magic. It's not raining uh, you know, gold coins on him. It's, it's as a result of this clarification of purpose and mission and integrity that we're talking about in this episode. So it's been, it's been amazing to see more. Well, I appreciate it, man. You know, and you've been there front row seat to, to be part of it. And like I said, I wouldn't have a, uh, how do I make this super cheesy, a better wingman than melon. Yeah, there we go. I, go. I think I nailed the cheese part. Um, <laughs> nice one. Wingman. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, the, uh, the funny thing that Mellon just said, and I just literally looked at my calendar, he said a hundred days. And, uh, I made this commitment November 12th of last year. Wow. And, uh, how about that? It's pretty close. Where, where are we? 12. Yeah. I'm not great at math. Right January, February. Yeah. Yeah. You're pretty close, man. Yeah. But it's almost about a hundred days. Uh, and I didn't even like think about that. I'm not sitting here keeping track of like how many days it's been. But as soon as he said that, I kind of looked down. I was like, oh, man, it's been about, you know, four months since I've had surgery. But I made it, you know, a decision about three, a little over three and a half months ago. And I was like, that's pretty close. We're, we're in 105 days. Just Look at that. For reference. Look at that. So that's a real amazing, thing. Man. That's a real thing. Sure. It's a real thing. It's not an impossible. It's not an impossible amount of time. But it is, it is a significant amount of time. And the results... Like I've been watching this guy, he sends me videos of himself in the gym and it's gone from like, you know, how many degrees of angle could he get his knee bend? And now he's doing standing jumps onto a box from quite a way back. It's super impressive. He's even he's even shuffled a shuffled a couple of Ks. <laughs> he's <at> his first <laughs> run. Yeah. But yeah, I just like well, that's just it, it the results come and you can be like, I'm after the results and you'll lose it everything you just got to be like what's my mission what's the overall mm -hmm. what's the you know, I, I think really what we're trying to say is a single master getting real clarity around that using some maybe some greg mccann essentialism and just getting that clarity and then just you're going to have to just put your head down and go and you're going to have to grind for a while and you have to trust the process and play with integrity and there's going to be results that are going to come on the other side and you're not going to know they're not necessarily going to be the success that you would have written down i want these these things, but you're going to get returns you didn't, you couldn't have expected, and you couldn't have hoped for. Yeah. So we're probably at the the end of the episode there, um, Mike. Are there any final thoughts that you want to leave people with? We've had a great chat here around can we serve two masters? Yeah. We've uh, referenced a whole lot of stuff. There's a bit of pro for and against early on, and then we've sort of really clarified that both of us really feel like clarity of objective and clarity of goal and uh pursuing that one goal with a lot with the overall uh purpose with, a, with just everything you've got is really uh probably what we're all about on this this podcast but are there any final thoughts you wanted to leave our listeners with um no i i really enjoyed this melon and you know i've been thinking this whole time i mean i just realized the 100 day thing and a couple of points you're bringing up like i i'm learning too and, uh, you know, if you're, if you're out there listening to this and, you know, you're sharing some of the same points or you hear some of the same stuff that we talked about struggling with, uh, 
because I guarantee you are, <laughs> is uh, they're pretty common ones, is, you know, what are you, uh, what is your master? Like, who is your master? What is your master? Whatever it is, identify it. Um, and then look at your, look at your own record. Look at what you've been doing, where your efforts have been going, where your time has been going, uh, what you're giving your energy to. Um, and that should probably tell you, um, if you don't know, that should probably lead you down the, the pathway to your, to your answer. Um, and once you do ask yourself an honest question, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not going to answer it for you. Neither is Mellon. It's something that you have to ask yourself, um, is, uh, what do you want to be your master? What, what is your end state? Um, who do you want to be? in a hundred days, five years, 10 years, 50 years. Um, you know, that's, uh, <laughs> the opportunities there for you to, to, to do it, to change, to do what you need to do to, uh, redirect, to trim off the, the hedges, the, the, the thorns off the pretty rose bush, you know, as, uh, Mellon was saying, reminds me about Raph, by the way, the whole rose bush thing. That's funny as hell. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, just, uh, you know, there's, that's some, uh, honest uh, question we need to ask ourselves. You know, I, I had to do it. I was tired of failing. I was exhausted. I was tired. I was tired of, uh, waking up and knowing that I failed. I was tired of waking up and realizing, um, I wasn't who I wanted to be. Uh, I wasn't the best son. I wasn't the best friend. I wasn't the best teammate. I wasn't the best leader. Um, notice I didn't say perfect. But uh, I knew I could definitely be better and had a better image for myself and could imagine it. And uh, it was uncomfortable, but man, the changes and the effort have been worth it. And uh, I hope if uh, that's something that you're seeking out there, that um, maybe this can help guide you and you you can find your way forward too, man, because it's, man, it's so worth it. Absolutely is. Awesome. Well, Mike and I both in, uh, we're in the middle of it. He's still rehabbing. I'm actually packing and getting ready to to move back home after it's going to be basically 14 years since I left. Uh, and I haven't lived in Melbourne for 26 years. If you're listening and you're in Melbourne, uh, send me a message. Love to catch up. If you're anywhere in Australia, actually, there could be an opportunity for, for a frosty. So uh, as always, guys, please, if you've gotten benefit out of this episode, uh, like, review, and share it out into your community. We appreciate it. It helps with all the algorithms and stuff to uh, try and spread these messages out uh, even ever, even wider. And that's all we're uh, looking for, really, is just to have, have an impact and try and spread some positivity. So from both of us to you guys out there, what's your focus? What's your master? What's your purpose? Let us know in the comments until next week take care